Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. All right, welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. Welcome. We... To our kitchen. Welcome to our kitchen, where we are currently recording. I guess it's considered the dining room, Welcome to the recording studio. We basically call it. It's the same room as the kitchen. Yeah, we have one of those houses where they're attached. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We need a recording studio. New house? Do you think we can record episodes of our podcast in our new office? New office? Um, Do I think we could? Yeah. Is it practical? Well, we just have to figure out what we're going to do with the baby. Because like right now we do it when he's asleep in this bedroom. That's true. And he's not big enough to just be here probably, right? In the podcast? No, just like be in his room here and we just leave him. Oh. <laughs> when did they get big enough oh. for that? Well, here's the thing. We have a lot of friends who will probably listen to this and be like, I'll go watch him. Oh, that's true. So. We are getting a new office. We're actually going to be moving into it soon. Whoop, whoop. What is your favorite part about the new office? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, back it up. Know. Ileana started a new job today. I think we said that in the last episode, but technically today was my first day. Today was your first actual day mm-hmm. as a new mailman in Mount Airy, Maryland. <laughs> Welcome Mail to woman. the service. Guys, I'm not delivering Rain, mail. snow, sleet, or hail. <laughs> we will deliver the mail. Is that uh, from Seinfeld? I don't know. That's their motto that i made what's up. the guy's name in seinfeld who does the mail norm newman newman <laughs> <laughs> so yeah iliana is not a mailman nor is she a male woman <laughs> i'm glad we got that taken care of but you should tell them about your new job yeah so today i started my job as the counseling at the church Woo-woo. the church counselor i guess is my title um i didn't counsel anybody today so <laughs> no really really <laughs> no, off to a great start <laughs> can't mess up anything when you don't do your job yep i'm just kidding (laughs) no Uh, we have staff meeting on tuesday we had the staff meeting it was good got to drink some coffee with everyone and yeah part of our job today was testing a new product what is that a secret i think it's gonna be on sunday oh i just feel like people from our church maybe don't listen to our podcast anyway well that's not true some do anyways um cold brew coming to mount air bible church if you heard it here and you weren't supposed to, no, you didn't. <laughs> but it was a good first day. We went out to lunch together, actually, which was, we went to Chick-fil-A, which was exciting. Can I say that was the best part of my day? No, I love Chick-fil-A. So I to Chick-fil-A lunch. No first expense day lunch. spared. <laughs> I let her order anything she wanted. Mm. I don't know. It was a good day. Addie's doing good. He's asleep. We've been having a few rough nights, you know. Yeah, we had like three days in a row. Four. Where, five Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What what happened five days in a row? Where he wasn't going to sleep without being held. Oh yeah, which is like so not like which us is because we didn't he didn't really sleep really well during the day because we were going from party to event to function to party. Yeah, and we just dragged him all over town. Poor guy. But then he figured it out. Probably hoped he had his nanny. If here any of you are parents, we are. In the middle of taking away his third nap, so he only has two. So that probably answered all your questions about what we're going through right now. 
But he actually did super good today. We did it yeah. last night, and it was hard to keep him awake before bedtime. Like, yeah. And we were pulling out all the stops. But today, <laughs> it was the easiest thing. It was great. Yeah, he did so, so I good. Think he, he, might, he fell asleep so fast. Yeah, he's currently asleep still. Great. As far as Ileana knows, she's not looking at the monitor. I am. Oh. Yeah, he's definitely sleeping. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he's asleep. Well, what are we talking about today, Matthew? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Should we just pick a random topic and not continue our series? Hmm. No, you guys can't tell. We've been flying off the cuff a little bit more. We should probably continue our series. No, we should. People are waiting. I know. We're almost done. Are we? We got to figure out what we're going to do next. You know what's so interesting about the Fruit of the Spirit? In case you didn't know, if this is your first episode, we're in the Fruit of the Spirit series. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's labeled when you listen to it. That That's is funny true. thing about podcasts. They're like, what are we going to talk about? And it's like labeled on the episodes. Everyone knows. That's true. What was, where was I going with this story? But here's the thing. Oh. We haven't labeled it yet, so we can just switch it up on them and label it something different. Here's what I was saying. <laughs> I remembered my thought. The thing with the fruit of the spirit is I always feel like when I'm reading it, there's more of them than I think, which just goes to show you how hard it is. Yeah. Because we're called to do all of the things. They're all one thing that we're supposed to embody and practice. And so we're talking about them individually, but... Yeah, so we've been going through them. You should go back and check them out if you haven't. But we are talking about goodness today. Goodness. I'm going to reread the passage, just familiarize ourselves. Not the whole thing, but I will talk about it real quick. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is from Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what we've been doing is we've been talking about kind of up front, hey, there's... Basically, the fruit of the flesh, yeah. what we do in the flesh, and then there's what we're called to do now that we are in the Spirit. Yeah. These are fruit that are of the Holy Spirit. They're not natural to people, but they're available yeah. and required for the Christian. Yeah, they're not things we want to do. They're Ooh. not things we feel like That's doing. True. We don't want to do it. <laughs> um, you know, that would all be the fruit of the flesh if we're doing things we want to do or things we feel like. This is all things that God calls us to. You talk about this a lot in the Bible. When Jesus comes, he doesn't just abolish the law, but he actually calls his people to do something higher and harder than what the law was. And so yeah. he's calling us to live out something that's actually very hard and practical. Yeah, it's funny. I talked about that idea in my sermon a couple of weeks ago. Did you? I don't talked Sorry, about, I don't remember. Well, the idea of when the law is abolished, it actually gets harder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, there's grace and all things are lawful, as Paul says, but not all things are profitable. Here's the kicker. We were talking about, I was talking about tithing. My first oh, sermon yeah, as a pastor. I think we talked about this too. i Bible Church, and we talk about biblical stewardship. <laughs> so that was fun. But anyway, well, at one point I talked about, hey, what's a, you got, we want to talk about, people ask, what do I need to give? Yeah. And I was like, well, it's the Old Testament concept of the tithe. It's not the New Testament requirement. It's not a New Testament recommendation. It would be easier to tell you, just take 10%, and that pleases God. But we're called to be cheerful givers, which is much which is harder. way harder. Yeah, because there's no number attached to that, but there's a heart attached to that. So it's way harder to be a cheerful giver than a ten percenter, even yeah. though ten percent is not even a real. The, the real tithe is like twenty three point three percent. If you look through all the tithes you had to give, just the tithes, the temple, the Levites, the land tithes, all that stuff. At the end of the day, we're called to give cheerfully, which is crazy because what you just said applies not only to that conversation, applies to this too. The law yeah. is abolished, 
were required recently much, much harder. Yeah, if you look at like anything in the New Testament, you'll basically see like how it could have been attached to something, a law that they used to have in the Old Testament and how Jesus is like rewiring us to think that way, which I think is why so much in the New Testament and this has to go with the fruit of the Spirit and what we'll talk about with goodness. Like I think that's why you see Paul so much talk about like you have to reframe your thinking. Like yeah. you no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Wait, that's in Galatians, isn't it? Like right before this. You no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. But like I'm just quoting what I remember, so I don't know where that's at. Galatians five, four, I think. But the Gentiles they walk in the futility of your mind, but this is not what you've learned in Christ. Like you've learned I think it's um when it's talking about communication in Galatians four. Anyways. Or Ephesians doesn't matter one of the one of the ones (laughs) either way in the fruit of the spirit with the character trait of goodness okay we're called to do something that's really really hard and so it kind of stinks when you think about it like it's obviously it's impossible to uphold the law but we the standard is is more clear do this do not do this we know not to do this. Yeah. But when we're supposed, when we're called to, instead of follow these laws, when our standard and our call is to live like Jesus, to walk in the Spirit. Yeah. That's way more. That's way well, harder. That's way more confusing. You, did you say it kind of stinks? Kind of. It does. Say? Yeah. Yeah. I think. It doesn't that's, stink in the sense. It stinks because it's harder. No, I don't. It's I freeing think, for sure. I think that perspective comes from people like you and me who are like type a and checklist people because then you can look at all the laws you need to follow and you can say yeah this 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 and this versus people who are not like that they that would overwhelm them but Mm -hmm. to say like salvation in um that's not the word i want to use to say sanctification is like a process where you're growing i think in general from what i've seen about people in my life type b people find that way more easy and freeing they appreciate grace more yeah i th- i really i really do i think. am a law I have, person me and you both i think are like truth law <laughs> what's right what's wrong you know really though it would be easier if i woke up and if i do these six things i'll go to heaven i will please god yeah that'd be so easy for me because i'd be like oh i'm, I'm driven i'll get them done if there yeah. were things that could be attained, obviously. I'm not driven. And the point of the law is that they're unattainable yeah. rules. But if they were attainable and there were like a couple things to do every day, that'd be so easy. But, yeah. but he's like, no, I need you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm like, what do you mean? That, yeah. Just tell so, me what, how many, tell me to jump. How high do I need to jump? Yeah. Tell me to run. How far do I need to run? You know. So I think we'll be good people to talk about goodness. Because I think sometimes we can we do good at playing we might do good at playing like devil's advocate in this situation. Yeah. It's probably not the best term. Devil's advocate? Yeah. It's kind of funny. I wonder where that comes from. Well, the Bible. Well the devil's not the advocate's term. not in the Bible. <laughs> not the term, but I wonder why it's called devil's advocate. Just because it's taking a anti it's a like contrarian the, position. What Pastor Wally talked about this weekend, like the angel on one shoulder and the demon on the other. Like you're playing advocate. It's, wait, yeah, no, yeah. but that's like the wrong word. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Hmm. Anyways, so when we're talking about how hard it is to live out goodness, what we have to do then is to look at who does exemplify goodness and who can we model that after. And this is important, and we talked a lot about this at our men's retreat here. We went through A.W. Tozer's book, which, hey, we'll link that in the show notes. That's a good recommendation for anyone. The Knowledge of the Holy. I think you did. Well, we'll do it again because it's really good. Essentially... It's not a long book, but it's a long way of saying we have no respect 
for God and who he is and all his attributes. Yeah. We like to put them into these categories and saying God is loving, God is gracious, God is a good God. And that's just not how his uh, attributes work. In fact, attributes is such a bad word to say. We should call them, if, if anything, perfections because he perfects them. He, he, he perfectly personifies oh, that just all reminded these me things. of my dad when you said that. That's really something he That's funny. Um, so God, God is not loving. God is love. We right. only know about love because we know about God. And we only know about God because we have his word. The same thing goes with goodness. God does not do good things or exemplify what mm-hmm. goodness is. God is goodness in and of himself. We only know about goodness because goodness right. comes from God. Um, and we only know about God because he's revealed his word. Yeah. So <laughs> if we're going to talk about goodness, have any conversation about goodness at all, it must start with who God is. And he is good. And... I think the people really struggle with that reality. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, we talked about this earlier today. I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that keeps people in their minds um, from following Christ is the idea that I would never, I could never understand loving or serving or believing in a God mm-hmm. that is so evil because they look at God as evil because they see the world as evil. Yeah. And they're right to see the world as evil. The world is evil. It's full of evil. But they're wrong to say that God is evil. That, that's a logical fallacy. Yeah. Um, God is good. And that's the hard thing for people to grasp. Now, yeah. I would actually say that the real thing that keeps them from there is not that. It's their pride. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But people struggle with accepting that God is good in a world that is so, seems like it's just so, there's so much, there's no, there's a lack of good. Yeah. Good doesn't seem to exist. You turn on the news. Everywhere I watched the you news look. the other day for the first time in a while, and I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I have to and turn this the off. The news is almost just designed to show us all the evil. Well, and it is, because, I mean, there's so many things going into that, too, not just... Sure, but it's the world. Yeah, it is. Um, cancer, not great. Um, it's hard to believe in a God that allows cancer to take your mom. Yeah. Um. It's hard to believe in a God that has children, allows children to be born blind. Uh, it's hard to believe in a God that allows millions of his chosen people mm. to be slaughtered yeah. over the course of like three to four years in, yeah, I mean, in Germany. Just fill in the blank with whatever you want. So, any tragedy. And obviously as Christians, if you, if you have a biblical worldview, if you spent time reading God's word, you can see and understand that all those externalities do not affect God. God is still good. Yeah. Um, you can see back in Genesis, God created the world, he created good. What we have today is a product of our sin in the world. Uh, after, Right after God created things good, we messed things up. Mm-hmm. And we've been messing them up ever since. Um, the sin in the world, the pain in the world, the suffering in the world, while God in his sovereign will allows it, it's not something that he says, I'm going to do and cause against people. Right. God does not cause evil. God is not evil. God cannot even promote evil. God is good. He gives us that ability <laughs> to choose what we most desire and we choose evil. And that's yeah. where the world we live well, in. Well, and I think that's where we get back to our passage, right? And we have choices we get to make every day. And some of those choices we can say are, um, like I think sometimes people with believers who um, have known the Lord for a long time, we can say the choices you make, like 
it's possible that God could be glorified in multiple decisions that you make. Yeah. Um, but there are some times where we're just f- feeding our flesh, mm-hmm. right? When we say that, we mean um, that we're acting out the things that we just most want and desire, even if they don't line up with God. And we really do have a choice to practice what is good. And so we have to stay rooted in the fact that God is good and it's people that are choosing to gratify themselves and not obey the Lord. And that's where we get this evil from. And of course you can't, it's from Satan, right? Like, I mean, very beginning Genesis three, right? Mm -hmm. Just talked about this at church on Sunday. Like, Satan's lying in order to create destruction and create evil, right? Yeah. But we still have a choice. And so the really cool thing in scripture is if you're a Christian, um, you are called a saint and you're called to live like Christ because you have a relationship with Christ and because you have the Holy Spirit helping you and because God knows that you're actually able to make good decisions. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that... We've talked about, I've talked about this analogy or this thing before on the podcast, but I had a professor who would talk about um, not being like a navel gazer all the time and not looking at ourselves. And I think in Christianity, it's just so hard for us not to do that um, because it's rooted in us to want to look at ourselves and say, here's all the areas where I'm feeling or here's all the things I need to do in order to be good. But really, we need to take the eyes off of ourselves and we need to put them back on God. And we really need to spend time in Scripture to spend time with God's character um, to see why he's good, right? You said like, or like you said, um, the when we read the Bible, we know that all of those things mm-hmm. um, don't change who God is yeah. because he's still good. Um, and so we really need to spend time in God's word. What I'm doing right now for my Bible study is... I'm somebody who, like, if I don't have something I'm following for my Bible study, I just, like, don't even want to read my Bible, just to be honest. So right now what I decided to do was to go through the attributes of God through the Psalms. So each day I'm reading a Psalm and, like, taking notes of my Bible. But then I'm writing down next in my Bible next to that Psalm, what are the attributes of God from that Psalm? Um, and, like, what topics are included? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm only on Psalm 9 or whatever, and... She's been doing it for 40 days. She's missed a lot of days. No, just kidding. kidding. (laughs) I've missed a couple probably. But um, no, it's just helpful to see like, I mean, you say this too as an analogy. Like if you want to get to know someone, you have to spend time with them, right? You wouldn't be like married and just be like, oh yeah, I never talk to my spouse. I never see how they are, what they think or what they want or like you're not going to get to know someone that way. And so if we're trying to get to know the goodness of God, right, then we need to spend time in his word and see why is he actually good, even when all these evil things happen, because the Bible has evil things in it. We yeah. talked about that today in our staff meeting. And where do the evil things come from? Yeah. And is it God? Or what does he do when something happens? That's I was literally just about to say that. If you read the Bible and actually read the Bible, you see that all the evil comes from our sin and the only thing God is ever doing is extending his goodness to us, mm-hmm. is trying to continue to come after us. We sin, we abuse God in the sense that we abuse his, the relationship we have. We take it for granted. You see with Israel, and it can easily apply to our own lives. And God is still relentlessly giving them chance after chance. He's pursuing them. He's providing a way. And the ultimate act of goodness in the scriptures we see is when we get to the point where he goes, okay, I'm sending my son. Mm-hmm. He's going to die for your sins. Mm-hmm. And because of that, 
we can have a right relationship again. Yeah. And that is goodness. Yeah. He's trying to restore what was originally put into place in creation. Yeah. Um, an order where man and God could have fellowship again. Yeah. Um, and we have access to that now because of what Jesus did. Um, so God is a good God. Um, yeah. And I think that's interesting too because um, with apologetics and like the way that people defend, like you, like in the beginning of the podcast, you were saying like it's a fallacy, right? To talk about good and evil and all these things. And that's one way to try and like you can convince someone that God is good based on all of their illogical thinking or whatever. But also like I think it just is like they have to realize if they have to figure out if they believe the gospel. Right, because that's ultimately where we see God's goodness displayed. Yeah, and so there are some people who are really gifted at sitting down and I don't want to say arguing, but debating why God in Scripture and in the world is good, even amongst all this evil, and they can prove why you're wrong and why they're right and all these things. But you also can just look at the gospel story and say, okay, God in his innate goodness of who he is, sent his son to die for us so that we didn't have to pay the price. Um, Because of the evil that entered the world in the very beginning, death was the price that had to be paid. And now that's not the consequence anymore. Like there doesn't have to be a consequence anymore. Yeah, It would be really hard to read the Old Testament and then rationalize, philosophize as to why God would go, okay, after all they did... I'm going to send my son to die and save them. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, Because his goodness doesn't make any sense. And it's why I think people who are not Christians and who want to debate Christians like to pick apart those stories in the Bible where they say like, how come this guy did all these inappropriate things with all these women in the Old Testament? Or how come these people murdered these children or whatever? Like, and they have all these arguments and you're right. When you take those stories out of the Bible, they seem pretty terrible. But if you're surrounding them by what the Bible does, where right the Bible is a narrative story that's pointing us to Jesus, then if you're looking at that story of Jesus, you know that that's not evil that God has done or God has just allowed, right? Yeah. He's saying, um, even if you do all of these things, I'm still going to provide for you the only solution. And I mean, the best solution, right? Of. The only and the best. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly the only and the best. I mm-hmm. guess they can't be divorced from each other, really. Um, yeah, and I really do feel for those people um, because you could tell they're looking for something good to believe in. Yeah, it's hard. Which is why they, since they misunderstand who God is, they don't want to believe in him. They don't think he's good. But they look for the good in the world. Um, and I would argue there is no goodness apart from God. Um, I don't think people who are unsaved can do things that please God in, in goodness. I think they could do what we would call good things. Yeah, yeah. Is it good to give money to poor people? Sure. Does that please God? No, I don't think it does. Um, if it's, if, I don't think non-believers can please God in that way. Yeah. In that same. I, I mean, that's idea, in but scripture. People are looking yeah. for good. Yeah. Um, I think they're looking for it in all the wrong places. Um, they're looking to work at it, which is one thing you see. They're looking for quick fix solutions to it. They're looking for ways to distract from the evil, maybe surround themselves with only things that are good or what they would believe is good. But at the end of the day, they're always going to fall short um, because their 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 concept of goodness is, is limited because yeah. it doesn't come from God. And I talked about that when I said like the Holy Spirit right helps you as a Christian. And it does talk about that. I think it's in First John actually 
like four or something, it talks about how, because I use this a lot with biblical counseling, and um, it talks about how the Holy Spirit um, gives you like different understanding as a believer that other people just don't have different ways to be able to trust him, but different ways to think about things even. Um, and I was going to say too, like going along with that goodness, when people are good people because of who God is in their life, I think that's contagious. And so when you were talking about how people are just searching for the good in the world, or Mm -hmm. they talk about how people, some people are good and some people are bad. Like, I really think the more that you surround yourself with people who believe in God, believe that God is good. And because of that, they choose to live out goodness. I think that is contagious because what you see is that it actually is like worth it. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking today about like gossiping and how um, like I was just something I was thinking about today. I was like, oh, this is just like so easy. It's just so easy to talk with somebody about this thing. And like almost it's just like not even second nature, right? Because it's of my flesh. Like that's what I want to do. But when I've been able to see the fruit of talking highly of other people and not gossiping or not slandering other people and uplifting them, even if it's hard or even if other people aren't doing it, like when you've seen the fruit of that or when you've seen other people do that and you see that it's possible, that's like contagious. It makes you want to live out that goodness that God has given you in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good word. Um, one of the things we always like to do on this podcast is provide you guys with resources. And I want to share an, part of an article, um, from gotquestions.org, something we reference often it says, uh, what is it? The article is, what does it mean that God is good? And I just want to read a couple parts of it to you. Um, it says Jesus declared, no one is good except God alone. Tells us that in first John one five tells us that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. To say that God is good means that God always acts in accordance to what is right, true, and good. Goodness is part of God's nature. He cannot contradict his nature. Holiness and righteousness are part of God's nature. He cannot do anything Mm -hmm. that is unholy or unrighteous. God is the standard of all that is good. Everything God made was originally good. God saw that he had made it and made it very good. Genesis 1.31. God's goodness is showcased in the law he gave to Israel. The law is holy, righteous, and good. And in Roman, it says this in James, every good and perfect gift is from above. God can create only what is good because he is fully good. God did not create evil. Rather, evil is the absence of good, is whatever God is not. Because of his goodness, God abhors sin and will judge it someday. We see that in Romans 2. It is never the will of our good God for us to sin. And we see that in James. And then I'll read towards the end. Ultimately, God's goodness is seen in his plan to redeem us from sin. Yeah. The gospel is good news. In his goodness, God sent his son to become the perfect and blameless sacrifice so we could be forgiven of our sins. God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And we see that in uh, 2 Peter 3. And it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. There is only one who is fully and truly good, God. This good God invites us to seek him and to, as Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And so I think... One of the things that we just need to understand as believers, first, the world just doesn't see God as good right. as we do. So that, that changes how we talk about God because we need to tell people of his goodness. I think it's important when people ask, hey, why? how can you serve that kind of God? We can explain, well, God is a very good God. Right. We can point them to scripture, point them to what we see in scripture. 
But at the same time, we need to understand this goes back to Galatians 5. How is it that we are to live in goodness? We're called to live faithfully. Mm -hmm. We're called to live gently. We're called to live kindly. We're called to live with patience. We're called to live with goodness. How is it that we do that? And I think that's what we have to wrestle with. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that you read said, God is our standard. Yeah. So falling back to that, the song, Goodness of God, um, some people have probably said it's repeated or it's overplayed. So maybe they're sick of it by now if you go to church where they've sang it a lot, but it is a good song. Um, and in the bridge it says, with my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything because um, I believe in the goodness of God. And so really it's taking this posture of, okay, I'm going to lay my life down and I'm going to surrender to the Lord to live in his goodness because I know he is good. And that has to trump our knowledge of who God is has to trump what we feel and what we think and what we're worried about. Right. Um, and we're not saying it's easy. Like people might be listening to this who are in fact, like we know there's people who are going to listen to this who are suffering tremendously over the past year. Um, and so what we don't want to do is minimize the suffering that happens in the world, but we want to exemplify the goodness that God can show in that suffering. Um, And that's, again, probably another conversation, but it requires us to lay down our life to who God is and to really serve him because we know that he's good. Yeah, and that's why we need to remind ourselves what the truth is. Yeah. Because the goodness of God is far more powerful than the suffering of this world. It doesn't always feel like that, though. No. Um, But I think that's because we have an accurate view of suffering because we're experiencing it and an inaccurate view of God's goodness because we don't really believe in it in the same way we should. you're right. But... I don't know. Anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. I feel like that was solid. I think this is a conversation where you could keep going down all these different trails. Well, and of I would say, it's I mean, everything's yeah. like that. But I would say, we say this every episode, so I might as well say it again. You need to be in community where you can talk about those things. Yeah. And you need to have a pastor or a. I don't know, someone in your life who has been a believer maybe for longer than you who you can ask some of those questions to about why is God good? Yeah. And how can I see that? And when you're, because you want to figure that out before you're suffering. Yeah. Suffering becomes a lot more bearable when you know that God is good. And that's the problem. Um, We can know theologically and we can believe it biblically that God is good and that all th- he works all things together for good right. and that his sovereign plan with all things is good. Right. That doesn't mean the fact that that person in your life that died is a good thing. Um, it is a pro- that stuff is a product of the sinful world we live in. Unfortunately, we have a very, very zoomed in picture of, of, of what's going on in our lives. Yeah. I think we like to think often that we have the best perspective of our own lives. Um, and maybe compared to others, we do. But if we could see what's going on in our lives the way God sees it, yeah, we would look back and go, "Oh my goodness, that makes sense." Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like people like to say a lot is that one day it will make sense. And uh, I'm just gonna say we're maybe never told won't. that in Scripture. Just because we get to heaven doesn't mean you're gonna know why it is that your mom died, why it is that your son got cancer. But what we will, what we can say with confidence is that all the suffering, all the pain will no, will be no more. Right. But that doesn't mean we're going to get answers to everything. Will we be desiring the answers for everything like we do on this earth? No. 
Um, I think sometimes we look at heaven and we think we'll, we'll be glorified, we'll be just like God, and, and that's never going to be the case. We're always God is always going to be God, and we're still going to be His creation. Um, but we will live in a different place, a place where the pain is gone, the desire to, yeah. to understand and reconcile and reason with the pain is gone. Yeah. Um, one, because <laughs> we'll just be too busy uh, bowing before the Lord, saying holy, holy, holy. But it's a lot. It's got heavy. No, I think it's good. So anyway, guys, we're always uh, excited to do these podcasts. We hope we can keep doing more. We're almost done our series. And what are we going to do next? I don't know. We probably Let us know if you have ideas. We probably won't do a series. No. Not. Anyway, if you guys have a question or a comment, if you're on Spotify, you can ask a question, leave a comment. Well, yeah, on did the we page. figure out how to read it? A couple people did. said they did, and we haven't actually figured out how to view it. I'm pretty sure I know how, but I just haven't done it. Well, here's the thing: I would love to do a Q and A Q&A episode. Yeah, well, people, where we just answer people's questions because I think that's actually where you and I thrive. The Q and A. I think we just do good at like feeding off of each other and being like, oh, here's what I think. How about we... So we need questions to be able to answer. Yeah, let's, let's over the next couple of weeks while we finish our series, let's ask people, like right now, submit questions. You can do so on our Instagram. You can message us on Instagram. If you know us personally, you can text us. You can, answer, you can um, fill out that thing on Spotify. Technically, you can email you us. You can send us an email. Yeah. Our email is on our Instagram. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's... Armory at gmail.com. The Armory Podcast at gmail.com. The Armory Podcast at gmail.com, I'm pretty sure. Or something like that. It's out there. Guys, you, this is the 21st century. It's 2023. You guys know how to use technology. You can figure out where our email is. It's on Instagram for sure. Anyway, we love you guys. We're excited to do this podcast, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Peace out.